Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Vox Voice podcast. I'm your host, Hallie Jackson, and on this edition of the show, we're talking about gaming and how it's being used to bring people together in Colombia. If you haven't heard of esports, it's basically formalized competitive gaming, and it's recognized as a sport just like football or soccer. People compete against each other, work in teams, have tournaments, make friends. The best teams are internationally famous and successful. Earlier this year, the city of Columbia created an esports department as a part of Columbia Parks and Rec. Fox producer Gabby Nelson talked with the department's esports administrator, Ty Fletcher. My name is Ty Fletcher. Who started the new position back in April. And I am the esports administrator at Columbia Parks and Rec. Today, we get to hear about Ty, his new position, and esports in general in Columbia. So, let's get to it. Here's Ty and Gabby. Alright, so tell me about yourself, how you came to Columbia. Of course. Um, well, my name's Ty. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, I have always been interested in video games and invested in esports, you know, as a whole. It's been really interesting to me. Uh, so for the most part, I've been working with things as far as like competitive gaming, casual gaming for the last couple of years um, at my university. Um, I am a, you know, almost college graduate. So I'm looking to graduate uh, next month in December. That's very exciting. Um, and then I've lived in a couple of different places. My family's moved around a bit. And so I used to actually, um, I'm originally from New Jersey. I lived there most of my life. And then back in 2017, my family moved to Louisiana for some time. And I was there all the way up until I moved here this year. Uh, how I got to Columbia in particular, my partner actually moved up here to be a PhD student here with Mizzou. And I, um, because we've been in a long-term relationship, I decided to find my own prospects and success and move up here as well uh, to be here with her. So what brought you to Columbia Parks and Rec specifically? So I was actually looking into a couple of other programs that were around town or just like the esports scene here in Columbia in general. And I didn't find a whole lot of resources that really kind of pointed towards something really happening. So I said, well, I'm going to try to reach out to other people who may be involved in the community and see, you know, what they know. And I happened to find or stumble upon a newspaper article that was done, I believe, during uh, the height of the lockdowns during COVID. I'm um, talking about how Columbia Parks and Rec had attempted to do like an esports league of some kind. And I said, oh, it's interesting. But the review specifically was discussing how, um, I guess, like the negative effects or how that really didn't take off. And so I said, oh, what a shame. Such a cool idea. But I wonder, you know, why that wasn't a success. And so I decided to reach out to the um, Parks and Rec sports coordinator who was in charge of that program. And I got a chance to email with him and ask, you know, out of curiosity, um, I introduced myself as a you know, college, a soon-to-be college graduate and interested, you know, in esports and how that program had done and to see if he would be willing to have a conversation. And he said, sure. So uh, I got a chance when visiting my partner at one point or another, traveling up to visit her, to meet with him as well. And we got to talking about the program, and he had said, you know, that the program itself was um, something he was interested in doing, but he didn't have the expertise. And so that's when I introduced myself as a subject matter expert, something I had done where I had helped um, found and launch the esports program with my university, um, which has then gone on to become successful. And therefore, I said, well, wouldn't it be cool to have something like that here with Columbia Parks and Rec, something that's not in the university sector, but really just intersects with the community in general and brings all kinds of people in to enjoy gaming, make friends, you know, build community and et cetera. And from then, we kept, we kept having conversations until something turned into an opportunity. So what are esports to you? How would you define esports? Ah, that is a big question. Um, how I would define esports really is um, a connected ecosystem of 
casual and competitive gaming that effectively is meant to help everybody appreciate the medium. Um, so I often, when I'm talking to people, especially people who aren't as familiar with like, you know, gaming jargon or other things in esports, I often just connect it to interactive entertainment because everybody can understand, you know, entertainment being like the traditional things of sports, you know, news, other media, concerts, etc. So esports to me um, really is just taking like video games, you know, something I've always loved and cherished since childhood and connecting that with others to really present an interesting like new way to, you know, interact and connect with people, new things to do, new fun games to play, new fun ways to meet people. I've made tons of friends, you know, um, not only just being interested in gaming in general and joining different communities, but also now helping to sponsor them and support them by creating different communities where people can meet friends and make new experiences. So I, I think honestly, it's just building community. Where did your love for gaming come from? And in addition, like esports? Okay. Um, I will answer the first section first. So the love for gaming itself really just came from um, growing up and opportunities to do different things. Um, my family, I think they always thought it was a, a good idea wherever you, um, if you're succeeding in something, it's, you know, like you earn it. So effectively, when I was younger, um, I used to get like a new game or game consoles whenever like I do really well in school or, you know, I'd come back with like a really good report card or something. And so um, I remember in particular, I think my very first game system was a PlayStation 2. And I already had a bunch of friends who already had game systems like PlayStation or even, you know, like other things like um, an Xbox at the time. And I said, okay, that's so cool. I would really like to have something like that. And my family always instilled in me, you know, the kind of earning prospect of it or working hard for it. So gaming, you know, to me has always been something that like I've been able to do, you know, kind of as a, in a sense, like a reward or working hard. And then over time, what it started to turn into was something that, you know, as I got older and started, you know, working for myself, it's something that I just invested in because I had a pure interest in it. I think a lot of people tend to get a little bit caught up in like the controls and how it's kind of like a digital world versus, you know, the real world and everything. But there's so much respect when it comes to esports, you know, and gaming and all of the different, you know, capacities that go into it that really make a cohesive like story or genre or something to be interested in. I think it just it has a lot of depth. Um, to cycle over to the other side of the question, what esports specifically means or how I got into that, esports in particular, I think has always been centered in like the competitive gaming area. So often when people think of esports, they think of something that unless you're competing at it or you're really high ranking at it, then it's not really for them. And I've always encouraged, especially since I've had any position, to say, well, hey, esports is a lot more open than that. Like, you know, you can have plenty of experiences with esports and it doesn't have to be because you're a competitive player or because you're getting scholarships or something. All of those things are new. I mean, esports really has been around um, since really like the late 80s and early 90s. And then honestly, most of the competitive esports that we see now patterned off of it didn't really even start here in the U.S. Honestly, it mostly started in places like South Korea and China. You know, other markets where gaming and specifically like Internet accessibility was a lot more pronounced. And so when those things moved forward, of course, you know, gaming and online competitive gaming tended to uh, follow and you know, be supported as well. So as the United States and areas in the West kind of caught up with that, um, there were environments where people started to see, you know, an opportunity to really engage with 
um, gaming and specifically esports, you know, in a new way. And that's kind of where college kind of really began as like the main sector. And now it's even starting to move down towards high schools where they have their own esports programs where, you know, people are competing because these games are ones that we all play or treasure. And it's another level in a say, in a sense to say, you know, how can that can be like a competition, you know? And so that's part of why esports patterns very heavily off of like traditional sports um, in the same structures that you'd see in, you know, traditional, I guess, basketball. So this is kind of a bigger question. What's your favorite game to play? League of Legends, hands down. Um, I have played League since 2014, and that's really um, what's gotten me on the path, probably, of esports in particular. I, I can definitely say that if it wasn't for League, it would not... I wouldn't say that if it wasn't for League, I wouldn't have the job or doing what I'm doing right now, but that is a huge, like catalyst into that situation I still play it to this day I played it yesterday you know as it's definitely something that has captured my attention um, and especially because maybe it's become like such a big and you know impactful esport you know and and how it has like changed the game when it comes to like esports and what that looks like like that landscape because um, there is a lot of competitive games that have um, you know like a big following and a lot of impact but you know, it's kind of like the whole industry tends to move whenever like Riot Games does something like with League of Legends or, you know, their 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 bar, what they set for themselves whenever tournaments, you know, occur and happen or, you know, um, Worlds this year, which is always their um, annual like world championship tournament, you know, for all servers and all um, countries around the world. How often do you watch League of Legends or do you have any teams that you really closely follow? That's a good question. So I used to watch a lot more than I do most recently. Um, for the most part, I probably like watching either SKT or maybe Damwon Kia the most. So those are both Korean teams. Um, Korea seems to have, you know, this this like monolith going on with competitive League of Legends where their teams tend to be the ones who are performing like the best or most consistently. What are some of your typical responsibilities as an esports administrator? Sure. Um, so day in, day out, mostly my, I guess, uh, quote unquote, nine to five week um, tends to be spent. A lot of it often is work from home uh, work. So a lot of what I do um, is either in the office, you know, I'm working with my supervisor on different projects that we're, you know, focusing on as far as the esports program is considered. And then a lot of the work that I do outside of the office is related to like supporting our Discord, um, coming up with, you know, different solutions for like different events that are coming up or maybe answering questions, you know, that I've been asked over the server. So most of the um, attendees that we've had in the past are all kind of in our Discord. And our Discord is the best way that we interact with our community. So I spend a lot of time focusing on the resources that we have in Discord, um, talking to some of the other people, you know, that may be interested in our events but haven't come to our events first um, and then when they do I often have them fill out like a newcomer form you know so they can get some information on you know like what we do on the regular and we can get some information on them so when they want to come back it's easy to sign up um, but mostly my job tends to consist of hosting my events you know which is right now is consistently like every Wednesday we'll have competitive Super Smash Brothers Ultimate events using the Nintendo Switch and once we actually have, uh, you know, like a Wednesday event come by, the next 
the following day on Thursday, I'll meet with my supervisor. We'll review the previous event. We'll plan for the next week. And we'll talk about anything else that comes up, any questions I have, any things he would like me to focus on. Um, but for the most part, my job, besides the events, it really consists on like research and implementation. Uh, because the program is so new and it really started with me. Um, originally, I started my job back in April. The first event we actually had, the first um, like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate event we hosted was on June 22nd. And everything after that, every Wednesday, you know, with the exception of maybe like a day out or like a time that the um, our facility is closed, then we've had an event, you know, almost every single Wednesday. So everything we have going on with these events um, mostly focuses on just like attendees, you know, people coming in. You know, we have snacks and drinks provided. Um, we mostly have uh, like a consistent crowd right now. Um, I think mostly the um, Mizzou uh, Smash Club, I think, are often a lot of the players that we see. So I'd like to give a shout out for them for their, you know, appreciation and support. We appreciate them and everything they've been doing. Um, and uh, for the most part, it's it's really kind of um, uh, up to me for like what I end up doing like week to week. Um, I hope that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that most of these events are Smash. Do you have any plans for the future of involving other games? Absolutely. Um, th this is this is my. Uh, my natural place to just put in League of Legends, you know, as much as I talked about it beforehand. But um, absolutely, we've been considering something along the lines of Rocket League. Uh, we've been considering some other games, um, some other fighting games, since we know that that, of course, usually only needs like one player. And that's um, resource friendly, I would say, given like the amount of space that we have. And then also I have to consider, you know, as far as like how many systems we have available and controllers we have. Uh, because everybody who comes to our events, I want them to be able to have fun and have the same experience. So I lean on some of my um, experience in HMT, my degree, to understand like how best to set up an event, you know, how to put on, you know, an event, and how to, you know, execute any of the necessary like functions that we need to do, you know, for things to be successful. Because I want, you know, any guests or attendees to go away, you know, having a great time, and then want to come back and bring their friends. Yeah. So I feel like there's a really big kind of negative cloud about the esports community and esports in general how do you do you see any of that in your work and how do you kind of combat that so funny enough um i'd like to answer the second half first mm -hmm. and then i'll get back to the first half so do i see any of that in my work not in particular um i, I think the cloud is sense or the cloud in itself of esports tends to be um you know, if it's negative, a lot of people think that it's a very uh, like rage inducing, you know, um, sport or I guess I would say um, it's it's almost like what you would see if you were more like directly in front of or very close to, I guess, like football players, you know, who are in the middle of like all the energy and everything's happening. And if they fumble or they make, you know, a misplay or if they didn't coordinate with their team the way they're supposed to, of course, you know, that's like, you know, a very emotional thing because you you know, you have a plan, you have something to, you know, go for, you have a goal. And of course, whenever you make, you know, mistakes, you know, things are tricky. And of course, it's not just on you, it's on your team as well. So I think that's uh, something that's really obvious with esports because, you know, it tends to be very like streamable, you know, media, you know, as far as content is considered. And so because of that, whenever, whenever I actually see, you know, anything from my events, um, I really tend to see the opposite. People kind of couldn't be nicer, <laughs> um, in essence. I really have some great people who, you know, come consistently to our events. 
you know, who are more than willing sometimes to help out with like, you know, bringing setups or, you know, bringing Nintendo Switches so we can be able to have enough, you know, for the brackets that we run. And really everybody's been very cordial. They've been very nice, they've been very considerate, you know, especially to some of the people who come around that are new. Um, before our events, we always have like something called friendlies, which is just about 45 minutes to an hour. You know, when everybody comes in, they're still kind of coming in in different times and setting up their equipment. And so people just come to play together and just, you know, make sure that, you know, their, their skills are fresh and they're um, ready for the bracket. And if nothing else, it's just a good time to meet somebody new or make a new friend. If you happen to notice that, you know, new people are there, you see somebody you haven't seen before. But as far as the esports, you know, stigma is considered, I don't think that my weeklies or, you know, what I've tended to run has really run into anything like that. So I think in particular, one of the, um, one of the things esports tends to suffer from is having that, having that like casual environment because it always feels so competitive and always feels so professional and you know, when, when there's money online, when there's prize money, when there's prestige, when you've been doing things for a long time, you know, when you're on like a team, of course, like those facets are very important because those kind of, you know, make or break, you know, what's going to happen when you're in a competition. And I think to that effect, esports in a way, you know, still has a lot of growing to do uh, when it comes to like what's considered um, like respectful play, what's considered, you know, respectful as far as like streaming or, you know, um, what content you know makes it to like a, a youtube platform or something you know not just individual players you know streaming you know their own content but i mean like on a team function or what it, you know means to be on a team there's respect and decorum that you know that's required you know in any other sport any sports is no you know other or it's it's it has no excuse you know not to meet those same standards is it common for a parks and rec department to have any sports league or tournaments so from what I understand, it's very uncommon. Uh, funny enough, I was just talking with my supervisor um, a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me that he's been getting calls and messages from other Parks and Rec resources around the state about our program since we had an article come out in the Columbia, Missouri, back at the end of August um, talking about our program. He's gotten actually calls from other programs asking us how we've done it and how they could learn from the success that we've had from starting something up. Because a lot of people have found that it's a really it's like it's a good idea and it almost functions like so naturally with like a parks and rec, you know, department. It's just it's very hard to start up if you're unfamiliar with some of the details. And I think it's really been a golden situation that I had some experience and was looking for a different job opportunity and ended up, you know, talking with my supervisor and things kind of, you know, really went from there. But um, ultimately, it's really uncommon from what I understand. Uh, most esports establishments, if they have anything that's non-professional, really tend to live in like the college sector, and they've really started to grow to the um, high school sector as well. But for the most part, you know, unless you're like a private organization or you're doing something like the collegiate or scholastic level, then uh, Parks and Rec is really new. What do you see for the future of esports in Columbia, especially through your job and maybe your events? Um, I've actually thought about this question a lot because it helps me waypoint where exactly I'd like to go. So one of the major benefits that we have um, that I feel like is a good catalyst for where my job can continue to grow and like the future of esports in Columbia is our location. So in particular, because we are in between two major cities of Kansas City and St. Louis, 
I think there is a good chance, you know, especially that people are more than willing to travel in between. And if nothing else, they tend to travel right past us, you know, like going on I-70, going over, you know, if they're going west or the city, if they're going east towards St. Louis. But um, they have a lot of opportunity, I think, uh, to also stop here if there were other things, you know, going on here. So while Columbia, of course, is not nearly as big as these major cities, you know, they're to the right and left of us. It certainly has a lot of opportunity to be, you know, kind of the middle ground where we are accessible, where a lot of people can reach us. So I find that the, I guess, uh, the sustaining force and kind of the life of like esports in Colombia is very vibrant. We do have, you know, three, you know, large schools here being Mizzou, Stevens College and Columbia College, which all have esports organizations, which all function. You know, we have three high schools. Um, which I know at least I've talked with um, the eSports coach at Battle High School, who's also worked with Hickman. Um, I, I'm fortunately I forget the other high school's name right at the moment, but um, that just shows still I'm lear- getting my bearings from being here only for a couple of months. But um, just working with like eSports on multiple different levels, the collegiate level, the you know high school level, um, and really I'm just looking for like the community basis, you know, the casual level that's available for people to you know, come to have like a fun gaming event or a fun gaming night and then, you know, want to come back, want to bring friends, bring their family, you know, and just have fun, you know, in a sense where they're not have to, they don't have to be like college students to be involved in a program. They don't have to be, you know, high school students or feel like that's, you know, like a time gone by where they kind of missed that. You know, these are opportunities where people can, you know, come by, they can have fun, you know, they can come to our events, you know, and sign up and everything. And they can really just, you know, meet other people who are interested in the same thing, you know, just kind of in the same area. So that's really what um, Parks and Rec seeks to do anyway, since that's a really good fit for, you know, just like a Parks and Rec department is focusing on community and what people do in general. And then, um, you know, Parks and Rec Esports in particular is just kind of like encouraging that niche, you know, of gaming to just be, you know, a little more widespread. Uh, What's your favorite part about your job? Okay, my favorite part is definitely just working in esports, like in like in general. Um, I can definitely say that I never expected this. This was something that I could not have imagined would happen at all. Um, like I've had a couple of different like traditional jobs, you know, just to like you know make some money and just to you know work and everything, things in retail, et cetera, and. I believe like my first job in esports really was with my university. I ended up working under my dean of students um, who was focused on trying to develop this program, but wasn't really wasn't sure where to go. And she, you know, I was a student worker with her. And so she moved me from what I was doing and said, you talk to me so much about esports and about the pro like a program and like what things would look like here. Um, how would you feel about making your student worker position an actual like esports, you know, like developer position of some kind. And I said, okay, what would I be doing? And she told me, well, basically you would be developing, you know, and like doing research about what a program would look like here and helping to support, you know, some of our conversations and meetings when it comes to considering what we would actually do if we entertain that idea. And I said, okay. And working in esports, like actually looking at my resume now is a bit weird because it feels like the experience itself isn't legitimate and yet it is. So I can I can say in like the last two or three jobs, like I kind of made them. You know, they weren't really positions that I 
was hired for so much as they were conversations that turned into positions that then worked in like a broad way. So if nothing else, it always makes me happy because it speaks to my skills and my efficacy to, you know, make what I've kind of been looking for out of like a career and a position. Um, but it definitely has been a bit of a non-traditional ride. Would you like to add anything else? Maybe say how people can join your Discord if they really want to? Uh, yes, of course. Um, so uh, definitely please check out um, Columbia Parks and Rec. You know, social media, you will see different posts, you know, from myself and my supervisor talking about um, Columbia Parks and Rec esports, or you're to see it as CPNR esports. So please check that out on our um, Instagram, our Facebook. Um, please interact with us and, you know, let us know if this is exciting and fun. We'd love to see, you know, everybody come out and join our events and have a great time. So, you know, again, I thank you guys for this time for the, uh, the interview and thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. If you want to get involved, Columbia Esports is open to anyone. There are weekly tournaments for anyone over 14 on Wednesday nights at the Columbia Sports Fieldhouse. There's also a Discord channel that anyone can join. You can find that and more info on the eSports page of the City of Columbia website or in our show notes. Thanks again to Ty and Gabby for sharing their conversation with us, and to everyone else who worked to make this episode of Vox Voice possible. Noah Zahn was the supervising producer, Gabby Nelson was the interviewer and pre-interviewer, Lauren Carlton and Jack Copeland were supporting producers. Heather Isherwood is Vox's editorial director, and Hallie Jackson is Fox's multimedia editor. And finally, thanks to you for listening. I'm your host, Hallie Jackson. See you next time.